Oh, yeah. Welcome to another edition of the Mighty Sports Minute. I am your host, Talon Taylor. And today we have another championship edition of the Mighty Sports Minute. I don't know. I think I'm going to have to stop calling this thing the Mighty Sports Minute. I'm starting to go over a minute consistently. <laughs> you know, it's my show, so I guess I could do that for right now. I have no obligations to stay under a minute. But, man, let's start off by first crowning the brand new champs in the Chicago Blackhawks as they managed to win themselves the Stanley Cup in six games, beating the Tampa Bay Lightning 2-0. That makes... Their little dynasty, of course it's a dynasty, the NHL dynasty was that's three and six years now. So kudos to them, to their president, John McDonald, to their coach, Joe Queenysville, and to their captain, Jonathan Towers. You know, congratulations to the city of Chicago and for what they continue to do when it comes to just bringing home championships. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess, yeah, it kind of hurts to be a New York fan right now. You know, when you look at the bricks that the Knicks put up, you know, the the, the, the horrible performances that the Jets put up, you know, Derek Jeter retires, but you get back A-Rod, ooh. No, but, you know, at least Mets and Yankees are doing all right right now. But you get to watch also the Rangers fail as Chicago Blackhawks succeed and take on Stanley Cup. But you know what, let me get off the subject. And let's go into some basketball. Or more specifically, this championship series of basketball. And you know what? I I I really have to kind of admit. Like I am so intimately passionate about basketball that I tend to sometimes, I shouldn't say sometimes, I, I seclude myself during basketball seasons, which is completely different when it comes to, like, football season for me. Because football season, every single week, I'm there, I'm in the muck of the things, you know, I'm, 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 I'm in the barber crowd, I'm in the, I'm in, I'm in the, I'm in the bar crowd, I'm out and about, I'm in the public, I'm talking to people, and I'm getting that immediate exchange and that immediate response, that immediate emotion as things are happening. I'm getting, I'm able to witness that. You know, I'm at the games. I'm, I'm, if I'm not at the games, I'm at least tailgating, you know? So I get to witness a lot during football season. During basketball season, it's completely different for me. I, I sit here and I really seclude myself. There's an intimate way I really like to watch the game. You know, whether it's blasted so loud that I can feel the rumble from the arena as I sit here, you know, in my house, or where I'm just so engulfed in the game where I don't want to hear a word, and I just want to watch this in mute and just watch the poetry motion. So, you know, with that said, you know, I decided to change things up because, like I said, I really don't like to be around people for some for some odd reason when it comes to basketball season. But I did it this time, and I went out for game six. I'm sorry, for game five. And... <laughs> like, well, let me start off this by saying that I live in South Florida, right? So down here, you know, it's all Heat fans. So I find it very weird all of a sudden that, you know, like, because you get this weird mixture. 
that you're seeing all these Heat jerseys, you know, the Dwayne Wade jerseys and the LeBron jerseys and the Boss jerseys for the people that are down here that are in support of LeBron James. And then you have everybody else wearing their jerseys, you know, because down in South Florida, it is a melting pot. As they wear, you know, their Knicks jerseys or their Lakers jerseys or their Sacramento jerseys or their Spurs jerseys, you know, their Houston jerseys, as they show representation for their hatred kind of for LeBron. But what has been a very undeniable factor or constant in all this, which I find it kind of weird, and is that there's a pass that is given that is being given or being laid for LeBron to have if he fails. And like I said in my in my previous podcast or in, in my previous statements, if ever you you spoken to me in, in person or you listen to the show, I generally thought the Cavs were gonna win this series in six. So you, you talk about all the numbers, you talk about all the players, and you talk about all the things that have done. But out of all the things that have been done, am I not? Am I mistaken with saying that the Cavs were the second best team in the league since they acquired Jamar Smith, Iman Shepard, and Timothy Mozgov? Um, am I not mistaken? Actually, I'm pretty sure I'm not mistaken on this one because this came from the man's mouth himself. Is LeBron James not considered the best player in the league? When did we start allowing our best players to not get it done? Because this same team that they're saying, that, oh, they're praising him for, they're praising LeBron James for winning with or doing anything with, is the same team that they condemn Carmella Anthony for losing with. You know, when they say, oh, Camilla Anthony has no help. Or you're realizing that when Camilla Anthony was scoring the most points in the league in the first quarter, but was dying in the fourth when you're trying to figure out the reason for it, now you're seeing the same thing happen to LeBron. Like, I know this. <laughs> I've seen this. But the pass that is given to the best player when, I'm sorry, Chris Paul isn't getting a pass. Camilla Anthony isn't getting a pass. Kevin Durant isn't getting a pass, maybe because of his injury right now. I'm, like, so you have all these other players that you're talking about. They can't. They're not gonna get passes. Eventually, they're gonna have to get it done. Well, what about the guy that considers himself the best player in the league? How many times is he gonna get to the promised land and just continuously fall short? And why isn't he not the favorite? He is the best player in the league going up against the best team in the league. I'm sorry. When they were going up against the Spurs, actually, I think the Spurs may have been the favorite. Maybe, um, if not both of those years, at least one of those years. <laughs> but he can't just keep being allowed to eke out the back door of failure. Or not call it, or not necessarily failure, but call it non-success. If you don't want, if you don't want to use failure as such a brash word to describe the almighty king, of fear of being, of having your proverbial head chopped off, you know, for talking, for saying anything bad about him in this day and age, because if you openly criticize LeBron James, you're just a LeBron James hater right now. 
Like that, like that's how that's where it comes down to. And you know, not for nothing. I do have a story <laughs> about my disdain or dislike for LeBron James. And it actually does kind of go back to his high school days and my early army days. But that's a whole nother story for a whole nother time. Let's, let's, let's get off the personal with LeBron James because, like I said, you can't change that. He's, everybody is saying that, oh, he's not, he doesn't have help or, or he doesn't have this, he doesn't have that. Well, LeBron James never has this or he never has that. And even when he had a champion and one of the top five easily power forwards in the league that was leading his team to a playoff by himself on a consistent basis, he still only got it done two times. Not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven. They didn't even stay for five, actually. They didn't stay for six. They didn't even stay for an attempt at seven. Out of the four times, he got it done twice. And this is with his mega team. The, the, the mega team. Because that's exactly what they were. They were the, they were the Beatles. They were the Heatles. I'm sorry. I, listen, I live down here. I witness it all. But it's not really so much about him as it is really, let's talk about being about Golden State. And Stephen Curry. And what he's doing with his team. Because... He is helping his team get it done. Now, you ask what would happen if you remove LeBron James from this team? Well, guess what? Yes, they probably become the Knicks. They become worse than the Knicks. Because at least the Knicks had... Actually, no, Knicks, had, Knicks didn't have Camilla Anthony this year. So they become the Knicks. 13 wins, 15 wins, 16 wins, well, however many wins it was this year. You know, they become putrid. But... We're not talking about them for a whole season. We're talking about them for one game. And the Knicks have won at least one game this season. It's like if you take Stephen Curry away from this team, what do you have? I don't think you have the best three-point shooting league anymore. You don't have the league MVP. You don't have the best shooter in the game. There's a lot you don't have. You don't have his spacing. You don't have his timing. You don't have his court vision. The same court vision that LeBron James possesses, so does Stephen Curry. It's just that with it, LeBron James had, comes with six foot eight and two hundred and fifty pounds of pure man muscle that just bulldozes through anything in his way like a like a freaking linebacker, <laughs> you know. But this is what Stephen Curry kind of has done, and he's one of them few people that I don't watch a lot of college ball, but I'm glad that I watched him in college because to see what he did in college from shooting the lights out, to being double teamed and still shooting the lights out, to them having a triple team him just to try to contain him for one whole game, to come in now into the NBA, getting through these sore ankles, you know, not even more than sore ankles, he had him surgery prepared, but getting past his bad ankles, to move on to put on monster performances in the garden where when he did those games, when he was the performances he was doing in the garden, was reminding me of the performances I was I was watching when he was in playing in Davidson, and now to watch him year after year after year just grow just a little bit more, you know, get Mark Jackson and them boys, get rid of Monte Ellis. No shots at Monte Ellis. I'm a I was a huge Monte Ellis fan because of the fact that I followed Stephen Curry over into Golden State and started watching what you know what they were. 
And so to watch him just grow and then to even watch Mark Jackson leave and you say to yourself as a fan, man, what are these guys doing? Like, this guy has had them growing every single year. I, you, you really hoped it didn't mess up the synergy that they had. And then you see Kerr being able to flip the switch and take them over that hump. Now, they just need to stop being scared and take their foot off of that brake and start hitting that gas. Because basically, this is their first This is their first drive. Like, as many times as they've been here, no, 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 no. They've done simulations. They're trying to win their first championship. They're behind the wheel. They've turned on the ignition. They've put the car in drive. They got their foot on the brake. They just have to go. And we're going to see if this year's MVP is going to be able to flip the switch that the best player in the league seems to not be able to consistently flip. These finals keep, are, keep being talked about a testament to LeBron James' legacy in such a positive way that if he loses, that he becomes MVP. I'm, I'm sorry. Is this not the same... MVP award that okay, let's just put it this way. We give a Camilla Anthony the MVP award if the Knicks are a 13 win team. If he gets 40 points a game, 10 rebounds a game, 8 assists a game, 6 assists a game, four, it doesn't even matter. If, if, if anybody has a last place team, has a losing team, because this is what ultimately it comes down to the losing team. This balls out on a losing team. We, we aren't we aren't complimenting that as an MVP. I'm sorry. Like this is why this is why the the the, the, the unibrow <laughs> forgetting his name all of a sudden. Oh man. But this is why Unibrow is not really an MVP candidate this year. He barely made got his team into the into the playoffs. And then when he did, you saw what happened when he actually went up against the MVP. So, LeBron James hints that he may be feeling slighted, that he's not an MVP winner, and that may be part of his motivation. Well, if that is, whatever his motivation is, LeBron James says he has hidden motivation. So that means that he should be able to find a switch to flip, to get his team over the hump, to win. And the fact that we're allowing him to just say, oh, you know, this is going to be a good run this year. While, you know, we strive to get better next year and next year. Well, duh, you should be, every team should be striving to get better next year. But the fact that you're in this position right now and you're not getting it done again right says more to me about your lack of once again that that essence that 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 little thing that we're looking from the greatness that is LeBron James because there is 
something. And, and it's not a lot. Like, I'm, I'm not taking, here taking shots at LeBron James because LeBron James should be the only ever player in history to average a triple-double for a season. Let, let's, let's just be honest. He should be averaging a triple-double for a season. And it seems like he is way too comfortable with basking in his greatness than really trying to, you know, live past his greatness. Like, like we all, he is the, 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 you know what, maybe this would best describe it. He is the, the greatest average, he, he's the, I don't, how to, how to word this. He's the greatest average player ever. Like, like out of all of the greats, he is the most average out of all of them because it always looks like there's something more than he can do and he's not doing it or there's always something that he's slightly missing that he should have i don't know what it is but i kind of expect more from him and maybe and maybe that's what it is maybe it, it's the expectation that when the greatest player in the world comes into the league and is deemed the greatest player and consistently falls short, you start wondering, is he really as great as he thinks he is? Because there's no doubt he is great. And he is in the list of some of the greatest. But is he going to be just an average great? One of the greatest of the greats? A low man of the great? Gee, that's a whole different story. And I, and I can go on about this for years. <laughs> but I want to go back to Golden State. Because they had that opportunity tonight to close this out. And I'm going to wrap this up pretty soon because not only is this now running with 20 minutes, but this takes into my personal time. And I have... Of responsibilities in life, <laughs> but Golden State has that finally has that opportunity, and I've said it before, you know, and I'm just gonna say it one last time. Rookie coach, first time being there, Stephen Curry, first time being there, Clay Thompson, you know, role players like David Lee that you know could barely do anything in New York, Andre Iguodala that couldn't even get it done with Allen Iverson. You know, and Sean Livingston that had that recently came back from a broken leg that also couldn't that wasn't getting it done with Darren Williams and Kevin Garnett and Chris not Chris but Paul Pierce and Joe Johnson. Like I'm sorry, those are, that's a, that's a stacked team over there. Yet Sean Livingston gets it done over here. So maybe it's the level of the star, and maybe and. Maybe we're giving we're not giving Stephen Curry enough credit for what he's getting done in Golden State. Because I have something completely else to say about Darren Williams and what's happening in Brooklyn. That's to stay tuned for another day. Maybe we're not giving Stephen Curry enough credit for what he's getting done in, in Golden State. Instead of focusing so much on what LeBron isn't getting done and if LeBron should be getting MVP for being a loser again. 
you know, or it, or what LeBron James is missing, why don't we talk about what Stephen Curry is doing? Because what he is doing is a thing of beauty. He is extending this defense time and time again with his dribble, with his vision, with, 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 his, with his playmaking ability. The same playmaking ability that we give credit to Chris Paul for, we've seen him embarrass Chris Paul with. But yet we're not giving him credit when he does it against LeBron James. Because LeBron James is the greatest player in the world. Well, Stephen Curry can prove tonight that not only is he MVP, but that claim or that number one headband that LeBron James had on his head is very fitting that he no longer wears that headband because it seems that he may have just be giving it to Stephen Curry right now. Thank you for listening to the show. Check out my blog, even though I am well overdue to write a post. But with basketball season coming to an end and a lot of DVR to be catching up on, I may be writing a lot more stories than you're going to be hearing me talking. But still, please stay tuned. My blog is mightysports.wordpress.com. You can also check out my Facebook, Mighty Sports. And also my Twitter, Mighty Sports. And that's M-Y-T-S-P-O-R-T-S. But if you see this podcast, you probably already know that by now. Thank you once again for listening. I really do appreciate your time.